0: Welcome to Sega Saturn Shiro, the only podcast which you cannot 1cc. I'm Patrick, and today I'm with my fantastic cohorts, Kay, Dave, Claire, and the beautiful and wonderful Chaz. And today we're going to be talking to you about shmups, particularly vertical shmup. And it's going to be exciting, but uh, before we do that, let's see what everyone's been up to since we uh, last met.
1: Well, I guess you and I should at least talk about graduating and stuff. Yep. So...
0: I gotcha. All right, so why don't you go first, Claire?
1: Okay. Hopefully Um... I'm not
0: putting you on the spot, but I hope I am.
1: (laughs) So what I've been up to since our last cast, which was a pretty long time ago My now, is I graduated from college. Um, I graduated with a degree in communication. I've been working on that a while. I'm pretty excited about that. Other than that, I've just kind of been playing some games with my newfound free time. I dove into Final Fantasy 15, which is a game that I've been wanting to play since 2007 or 8. Um, I actually based my console pick, Last Generation, based on waiting for Final Fantasy versus 13 so finally being able to sink my teeth into final fantasy 15 and have a really great experience has been awesome and it's actually the first game of this current generation that i've played i'm almost totally a retro gamer as you guys know mm-hmm. so that's taken a little bit of getting used to but it's been a lot of fun
0: nice well i guess, uh, from all of us we congratulate you on graduating yeah congratulations
1: thanks guys and you too pat do you want yeah. to talk about your updates but- next
0: Right into my update. Uh, By the way, I just totally edited in uh, the Evangelion congratulations scene to the end of your thing. so There's that. Uh, Anyways, uh, so I as well graduated with my Bachelor's of Science in Computer Science from a college essentially it's been a long time coming and I'm glad and like Claire I'm just happy I have more free time even though I now don't have free time because the last month I've been moving to a new place and it's been uh it's been a pain uh, I had to move all my stuff I had to move all my PVMs. the thing that sucks though it's like a it's a loft so it's like I have to carry everything up a set of stairs, so I had to move my PVMs, I had to move my computer desks, my beds. Uh, so it was a uh, a huge pain, but I got everything in and it somehow fit, despite me having a ton of crap. But I guess the cool thing is now I have a a two PVM setup, one for regular gaming and one of them for a tate mode monitor, aka a vertically. Set up monitor, so cool. it's uh, on its side, so now I can play shmups the way that they've been meant to be played, which ties right into this podcast episode, so that works out, right guys?
1: Absolutely, <laughs> sure. just in time.
0: Yeah, but uh, on top of that, I uh, got a Walkman, I set up my Laserdisc player, I've been watching some anime and glorious composite video level so that was fun uh i've been listening to my vaporwave tapes and uh yeah just uh living the dream working full-time uh going to e3 this week probably by the time you hear this i'll be at e3 or been to e3 so hopefully push out some content going up uh got some interviews that i have uh i have in mind that i hope to get so it'll be a lot of fun so i'm really excited uh and i've been really excited these past couple weeks so yeah let's uh that's about it
2: well, congratulations to both of you guys on you guys graduating and yeah good luck to definitely uh, thanks you Kay. in the future i love you I love
1: you
2: too man can't thanks. have my blood light you're too young oh, that's
0: that. fine i don't i'm t- no comment anyways
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant more along the lines of like you're too young to know what that commercial was all about
0: Oh, I thought you were saying that I was too young. I was like, uh, okay, I got some bad news for you, buddy.
2: No, I'm sure you're you're well past drinking age. I'm just saying, like, you don't... Does anyone else here remember the You Can't Have My Bud Light commercial from, like, the late 80s? Oh, yep. no. <laughs> I, I thought <laughs> you were
0: referen- uh, I If you referenced the What's Up one, I probably would have got that. Was that even Bud Light? You know, the <laughs> What's
2: Up ad. Uh, I, have none, I, no I, idea. I don't know. I just wow. made myself feel ancient, though, so...
0: Thanks. I'm surprised you didn't say anything about the Walkman, though.
2: You like Retro
0: Tech. Well, I don't. Well, I thought you were going to say, damn. I didn't have one since. The Walkman? Yeah. I still
2: have cassette tapes around here. I'll tell you awesome. how how, uh, how old school um, my stuff used to be. I'd have a boombox that I would re- take recorded tapes, you know, like just plain old recordings, um, you know, like recordable tapes, drop it in there. And I'd play my guitar in front of it, and like
1: an acoustic guitar,
2: in front of this crappy boombox microphone. And then I take that tape, pull it out, put it into my sister's stereo system, which she used to have like this closet of a room, which is really tiny. And then I put another recordable tape into my boom box and record with myself. And that's how I started doing multi-track recording when I was... God
0: there. damn, you're a badass guy. Is ghetto.
2: <laughs> it's ghetto is all get out. And if, and Dude, get,
0: ghetto rigging is like the best rigging.
2: I still have some of those tapes too. They're very well, but well, I know I have them
0: well we're gonna feature that as a new intro so guys get ready
2: we we have like so you know unbeknownst to the listeners we had a team meeting um months ago and this team meeting um went with like a, a lot of our you know meetups kind of do. like it was you know, a fun disaster you know like nobody was able to make it on time and all that and i think uh we all at some point or another plugged in our guitars and started playing nirvana tunes and pat was singing and yeah, well, yeah, I, well, yeah, I, I was really completely.
0: surprised how many people play guitar in this group. Yeah. Well, actually, everyone's in this group's music. Anyone in this chat's musically inclined in one way or another. I know you and Kay, Dave and Kay play guitar. I play guitar and drums. Claire plays piano. Yeah,
1: I've How's been saying since the start that we should form a Saturn band.
0: Dude, as long as I'm drummer, I don't
3: care. Oh, I don't know, Pat. <laughs> dude, I'm, I, dude, dude I, was, I, I drum in my current band right now. I thought you play guitar in your current band. No man, I'm the drummer. Really? Yeah, but I mean, I played I play guitar too. Wow, and stuff. that's You're okay. blowing my be, mind. You can be the drummer. <laughs> yeah. Chaz, what do you uh, play?
2: He plays the Daylights out of Saturn Games. <laughs> what the hell? Are we hey, talking about? did we lose Chaz?
4: No, I'm still think, here. Well, we we're just yeah.
2: asking. Do you play a musical instrument?
4: Oh no, I'm I'm just a singer.
2: No, oh, well, there you go.
1: Perfect. We yeah. need a vocalist for our Saturn band.
4: Damn, yeah. yeah, I was
0: hoping to get on yeah. vocals too. <laughs> hoping to be the next Phil Collins. Uh, uh, we'll I'll do back. back. Well, I I can do backing. Let's
1: yeah, just do, do a choral style and have all of us. Yeah, you can oh, do a multi-layer see. vocal
4: harmony if you want. You could definitely do that.
0: Bitching. I'll be Ringo. I like it already. So, when were we supposed what? to talk about Saturn stuff? I know, yeah, right? no. How,
4: where where have we get off track here? <laughs> okay. So,
0: uh, besides that, anybody have any updates? Any other updates? I got a few.
4: Yeah, what you been up to? Yeah. Yeah, what you been up um, to, man. Directly Saturn related, I finally played, although it's not exclusive to the system, I finally played and beaten all the way through Hexen, the Saturn version specifically. The original oh. of course the original of course is the PC version, but it was the first I finished. I've always I always had a hard time finishing it because it's not straightforward like Doom, Heretic, or Wolfenstein three D is. It's not point A to point B. It's hub level and then there are sub levels that you have to navigate with to find door keys, pull switches. It's a lot of backtracking. Once I understood that, the game was a piece of cake. But until I got the hang of it, I was, where do I go? What do I, yeah, that's, so, so I finished it. So anyway, uh, Saturn related, I finally played through and finished uh, Hexen. For the first time um i always wanted to beat that game uh i played it a lot as, as a kid when i was younger and as much as i liked it i could never finish it because i i found it so convoluted having to do a lot of backtracking uh pulling switches collecting door keys it's not straight a forward like uh, doom or heretic is where it's point a to point b i finally buckled down and played all the way through it uh the saturn version at least so that's the most saturn related thing i've done and second update Semi Saturn related, not exclusively. Uh, from the 21st to 24th of June, I'll be up in Portland, Maine, at our uh, yearly PortCon anime convention, where I'm where I'm going to be uh, a staff member of the Video Game Room. So I unfortunately won't be available to stream that weekend. Not only because I won't be at home, but the Saturn is coming with me and 50 games to go with it. Saturn road trip. <laughs> yeah, I got just about uh, just about all of it packed. Everything I want to bring. Very, Very cool.
1: cool.
2: So, yeah, the uh, uh, two members graduating and, you know, um, Dave preparing for a new baby kind of put us a little bit of a hiatus, you know, over the last uh, month or so. But um, we're back and ready to kick some vertical butt.
0: We're back in the dragon saddle again. The c- yeah, sorry. I see what you did there. Uh, I'm pretty sure we used that pun already, but whatever.
1: There's right. never a wrong time for Panzer.
0: Alright, so uh, anyone have any other personal updates they would like to talk about before you move on?
4: I just forgot to congratulate uh, Claire and you, Pat. Wanted to get that in before we uh, moved on.
3: Oh, thank you very much.
4: Thanks, Trez. Yeah, both of you. Yeah, you're very welcome. C- congrats. Yeah. Just, so- uh,
3: just con- I wanted to put out there real quick. Um, I just uploaded a nights video, just a little retrospective, and I did that because um, I know Morgan Patrick is going to be holding a nights competition, like a little nights challenge, on the junkyard um, in July, which is coming right up around the corner. So that that I am looking forward to, and uh, you know, I wanted to get that retrospective out because I'll probably be. You know, taking part in that challenge, even though I'm gonna suck terribly at it. But anyway,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh yeah, no, to- I'm I am not any competition for Peter. You know, or or uh, you know morgan um she you know i asked her i was like Do, have you ever watched like knights charlie like his videos on youtube because that guy's you know he pulls down like anywhere from eight hundred thousand up to like a million scores and she's like oh yeah i see his videos i got him <laughs> so so wow. i know yeah so i know she's like i know all his tricks so i'm That's pretty so sure confident? that she's going to throw down yeah no she's incredibly confident and uh yeah i'm not even going to pretend like i'm gonna be any kind of uh but i'm gonna have fun you know i'll I'll at least participate so i think other folks should too if you like that game if you like nights into dreams you should uh you should check out the junkyard in july because they're gonna do like that thing continuing to do that uh nanatsu kaze no shima monogatari uh playthrough I know that down the line we're probably going to talk adventure games so i'm hoping to be finished with that by the time we do you know so i'll have something to talk about but uh, but yeah that's it
1: i wanted to follow up on that um i think that you know whether anyone's a good nights player or not they should definitely participate in this challenge um go watch dave's video um, take a shot at it. I'm I'm not particularly great at nights either, but from what I know, Morgan's challenge is going to have some rules in place that prevent oh, yeah. people from inflating their scores using, you know, the the different tricks. Um, whether it be setting GIL wing to the boss for every stage, or um, you know, kind of spamming the um, ribbon acrobatics up against the top of the screen. So, you know, even if you're not super into the Knights metagame, I hope that everyone's going to participate because I think it'll be a lot of fun to share our scores.
3: Um, I agree, Claire. And I finally did uh, split my capture signal with an Xtron, like VGA splitter. So now I'm able to actually play on my, on my CRT, which helped a lot. I got like immediately like 100,000 more points because wow. I kid you not, trying to record that video and play using the actual capture on my PC. I found out that it was like a good you know several milliseconds (laughs) behind in lag you know
1: oh yeah I'm actually impressed that 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 I
3: did as well as I did (laughs) I got like 260 or 270,000 with like as much lag as I did I basically trained myself to play with lag but that's crazy man
1: Yeah, Yeah. I I can attest to that as well. I know Morgan and I were playing one night. She was over here and we were playing on my um, LCD and I had my Saturn running through one of those cheap HDMI converter boxes and it was almost unplayable. It was the first time that I tried to play nights on that setup. And yeah, like that game is so lag sensitive. So here's the thing I'm
3: going to throw at her. I'm going to and if Morgan hears this, you know, good, great. This is this is the twist that I'm going to throw at the junkyard is um, maybe after we have like the official competition I want us to have a night's competition using the regular digital pad and see who can be the best at it without the 3D analog control
1: oh wow That's I'd gonna
3: like to. Be tough. I'd like to do like an
0: exclusive Shiro versus uh junkyard challenge.
1: Oh wow, that would be that. pretty awesome. I mean, we've got Peter, they've got Morgan.
2: That's true. Oh, that would be, be like, yeah, feature, like just feature those two going at it, um, with knights and you know, kind of make like a, a spectator event. Chaz, are you good at knights?
4: Uh, no, I am non-functional. <laughs> All right. Well, you're gonna be our main King guy, Master. and we're going
0: we're gonna we're gonna bank on you. If you fail, you're out of Shiro.
4: Oh, great! Thanks.
3: <laughs> well, don't no pressure or anything.
4: No pressure. None. No, You're not in, at all.
3: You're impotent at night? Wow. At ni- <laughs>
4: just- wow, dude.
3: banned He said he's non functional I- Okay. Wow. <laughs>
0: banned. I'm just banned. kidding, chat.
2: Banned. Still supposed to be a family friendly show.
0: <laughs> well, it's getting a PG
2: now. <laughs> Everything's going out in post.
0: Yeah, my life's gonna suck. Uh anyways, I, I also wanted to do a Welcome uh, to My World. <laughs> Anyways, I just want to do a quick update. It's actually gonna for the E3 thing. Uh, it's gonna be both Ben Wallace and I are gonna be at E3. Cool. So oh, that's he's right. gonna yeah he's gonna be doing the recording. I'm gonna be doing the cast and stuff. So hope it'll be do good. I'd like to have some Ben focused content too on top of that. So yeah. We'll so anyone who's
1: out. at E3 should be sure to go bother Ben and Patrick.
0: Yeah, we'll be wearing our shirt. Well, I mean my shirt shirts. I don't know if Ben has one or not. Did he get one? Just give him one of yours
3: <laughs> temporarily.
0: I was going to do it for both... I want it for both days. I have two. One for one day, one for another day. And I was going to wear a nice dress shirt the next.
2: Should probably just utilize the hotel washing machine.
0: You guys can just switch. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) But I kind of... Nope, not going there. Nope, nope, sorry. (laughs) I was going to make a really, really disgusting joke, but I'm just not going to.
2: So... Similar to um, Dave's update with having the capture equipment, I was able to get a capture card working, and um, I just got in a cable that uh, will let me use the pass-through on my BVM and send that to my capture unit so I can still actually play games on the BVM itself and not have that same lag issue. Uh, Did
0: you end up going with that solution where it's like the um, BNC to SCART?
2: Yeah, yeah, Wookie Win uh, hooked me up with that. Um, I'm running into some, like, cable-length problems, but I'm going to try and solve that with either with a, a SCART extension or a BNC extension. Um, but uh, his cables have always been quality. I own, like, five or six of them, and uh, we talked via email. Thanks for, you know, getting him in contact with me again, by the way. Yeah,
0: no problem. The Neo Geo forms actually turned out useful for once.
2: You know, what's really funny is that I actually have email direct from him from, like, three or four years ago, and because he emailed me, you know, after you got us uh, in communication all of his old emails started popping up in my gmail account but That's um, yeah so it's we're gonna go uh saturn to scart scart to bnc bnc to bvm pass through um back to scart then into the framemeister for right now um and then into the x capture via hdmi uh, but i also received my sync strike so there is the possibility i could go directly from the BVM to the X Capture. Yeah,
0: you, you definitely need those, especially for the, uh, especially for the PlayStation, because those, uh, because the Sync on Lunar doesn't work well with the X drones All right, so uh, now that we've gotten our personal updates, uh, we don't really have a lot of Saturn news per se, but uh, we have one giant Saturn piece of news that I think is going to be. Important for everybody. I think I'll let Claire introduce it.
1: Sure. So, over the past two months or so, there's been all this buzz about Sakura Taisen. And if you listen to any of the cast that I'm on, you'll know that I run my mouth quite a bit about this series and the way that it was never given a proper localization here in the States. But, um, A couple weeks ago, um, a Twitter user named PeaceSteam came out and announced that he is working on an English translation of Sakura Taisen for the Sega Saturn. Currently, um, the only English game that we have in this series is the fifth one, which came out on the PS2, um, maybe nine or ten years ago, I'd say. Other than that, um, we have nothing from this amazing um, tactical series that came out in Japan. So I know that I'm really excited about this effort being made. A lot of people have attempted to work on this game before. None of those projects have ever come to fruition. At the same time, I saw about a month ago, Iwakota Productions is working on a PC version of this game, and they say that they are close to release as well. So I'm excited to see which one of these comes out first I mean I would kind of hope it would be the Saturn version just based on personal bias but I'd truly be happy with either at this point
0: yeah I'm really I'm really excited as well I mean I'm with you on the same boat I was uh really bummed when the only one that came out was the ps2 version uh, was it uh, so long my love right yeah yeah and that's I think that's the fourth one in this series right it's the fifth one. Fifth one, sorry. The fifth one in the series, the only one in America, so I'm really excited to get a chance to play the original one without the use of heavy guides and literally having a computer next to my desk to be able to understand any of it. So, uh,
3: is there like a project page for this over at ROM Hacking?
1: I don't think so. I'm not sure about that. You might so, want to uh, check Does this I guy have like
3: any other translations? I think it's just one
0: guy on Twitter, and I think this is his first project.
1: He says he worked on Dragon Force 2. Oh, okay. okay. He has cool. some screenshots, um, I'm, I'm not totally sure of any other details other than that. I do know that the Iwakura version for the PC, um, there, there's more of a translation history there, so I think that we can rely on that, but I'm really hoping that the Saturn version will turn out.
3: Nice. And yes. I think
1: um, what's kind of driven all this is that there's actually a new Sakura Taizen game that was announced um, back in April at Sega Fest, so I mean... Their track record of localizing these games isn't very good, so I'm not looking for an English release, but it's still pretty cool considering that we haven't seen um, a Sakara Taisen game released in a really long time. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I, just hope that, I just really hope that it comes out pretty soon. We actually reached out for an interview, and he seemed kind of interested. You just need to get a little bit more further in the project, which I kind of don't blame him for, you know?
1: Definitely. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I really hope that we can sync up with him and find out what he's got in the works.
0: Yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah, and unfortunately, that's really our only news so far. There's not really, uh, really a lot going on right now. We've, it's been really silent from Professor Abrasive recently. Uh, uh there's not really any more updates on the GD EMUs. I, I guess, really, the, or sorry, the, uh, the Phoebe's and the, the Ray, uh, uh, emulation drives. Uh, I guess th- another update is that, uh, I guess they're starting to come out with some bootleg ones. So, I, I, I guess it's like the Chinese version of those. Like, they, I guess they manufacture in China is that we're able to, put them together but i mean it's very dubious and it's pretty much a risk so get what you uh get what you pay for sort of uh, option but the way i looked at it, the price wasn't really it wasn't really any different it's only like like 20 or 30 bucks cheaper so i definitely don't think i'd rather just wait for the actual one than try to risk it for something you don't know the history or quality of
3: and i would be concerned about upgrading the firmware in the future you know just compatibility, exactly. You know, folks would try to use the the official firmware, and it could cause problems. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. I I, I wouldn't want uh, him getting a bunch of angry emails. Oh, your firmware bricked my uh, my Raya or my GDEMU, and it's like, well, maybe maybe don't or buy like a knockoff. A, a
1: Right. I, I think if somebody's going to buy those sorts of devices that they need to have proper expectations in mind. Um, if you go into a purchase thinking that it's going to work with the official firmware, um, it's not really the right mindset whenever you knowingly purchase a knockoff.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I guess besides sort of tie that up, it's basically you just get what you pay for and you just got to gotta get it from the right source. <laughs> All right, so now for our main topic, let's go into our uh, vertical shmups. Uh, today we we went through uh, today we went through vertical shoot- shooters. Yeah, vertical, vertical
3: shooters. I don't, do that. Game? I don't know. Do you want to talk about the word shmup? Yeah. I like some so people can test it.
0: Yeah, so uh, shmup or shoot 'em up is basically a type of game where it's just uh, you're a a top down or side perspective and there's enemies all over shooting bullets on you and it's basically just shooting constant velocity of missiles at them or or bullets what do you guys feel do you guys feel the vertical shooter and shmup are two different things because i kind of associate them with one or another wherever you, it's just another way of calling it a another
3: shmup is just slang right it's...
0: yeah that's what I, I took from it but just
1: the, the words jammed together yeah
0: yeah but uh, but anyways, today we're going to focus on the vertical shoot 'em up. So screen, you're going and it's scrolling up instead of sideways. So uh, we got a quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of games. So why don't we jump right into it and t- talk about our first game, which is a uh, part of the Time Bokan
3: series. Yeah. So the first game that we wanted to cover was from the Time Bokan series, Bokanto Ippatsu Dorombo Kampeki Ban. This is a vertical shooter by Ban Presto. And uh, this was based on the TV anime show in Japan, uh, the Time Bokan series, where you're basically, basically, you know, you're like you've got this this gal who's like the the bad evil villainess, and you're she's got like these two dumb henchmen, you know, and one of the guys he builds like these crazy machines that that you end up piloting um, through, like I guess the all this all the different levels are um are kind of like there's like a dinosaur level and there's like an underwater level polar level uh so it's it's really cool the animation is just amazing but i believe that this is actually a port of the playstation version because i think the playstation one was the original game and then they ported it over to uh the saturn so they they must have done like a proper port because um it runs uh... really well so is this part of the? Uh, it's a Tatsunoku property, right? Tatsunoko is yeah. The they own all of the characters and like the IP, and then it was like Banpresto. Presto uh, developed that made it right. Developed yeah. it.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was a really interesting game. Uh, I think one of my favorite things is that it's one of the games that have a TATE mode in it. Where, well, yeah. where you, well, I guess for those that don't know TATE mode, it's essentially where your monitor is uh, flipped flipped uh, on its side. Where it goes up a long way, it's a long ways monitor, so it uh, it uses the entire width of the screen rather than the height of it, and you can play it in, a, in that vertical horizontal and get more of that vertical
3: space. Yeah, and that's actually the native arcade resolution, versus playing it uh, in many cases games that are taught are supposed to be tate, but you're playing them in a like a horizontal kind of you know with your just a regular four x three TV. Uh, You'd experience like a compression, right? It would like, well, it would would either lose, it would either squish the pixels or sometimes you'd just be missing like information on the top and the bottom, you know? Um, Yeah. So you'd have less ability to see ahead, you know, but most of the time they'll just squish the image. And so you don't really get a native resolution image. So yeah, Yeah. it's awesome If, if you can do it. I mean, if you can flip your TV or like, like Pat has like a Tate setup, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, you can also get a, like a a mount and do it on a LED monitor if you don't want to get a CRT and
3: flip it on its side. Yeah, well, Kay was saying he has a he has a flat screen that has a swivel um, that he can write. K, yeah,
1: I guess I think, not. I think <laughs> it was
3: I think it was K that said he could do that. Yeah, um, I picked
2: up a, a mount on Amazon specifically because it can do like a a portrait mode or tate mode. Um, and with any uh, TV that it, it can support. So um, I've got like a 50-inch Plasma uh, that I plan to use with that um, specifically.
0: Were you able to play uh, were you able to play it in the Tate mode as well?
2: Um, I haven't gotten that uh, screen up um, yet. And uh, I've done Tate mode on, I think, um, an Xbox 360 game. I've, I've not been able to do it with anything else yet.
3: Has anyone here ever played the PlayStation version?
0: Uh, I have not. How, how, uh,
3: how does it compare? Have you played it before? No, that's why I was asking. Because oh. <laughs> even in the vi- Well, I did a video. I uploaded a video a while back of this game. And I asked, and I didn't get any response. But I was wondering, you know, if anybody knew if the PlayStation... Because this version, it actually runs really well. There's hardly any slowdown. Uh, it's pretty silky smooth. Uh, The animation, there's many, many frames of animation. I was thoroughly impressed with quality of the game. And the fact that it is all like kind of hand-drawn animation, it doesn't, it didn't seem to bother me that I I was not playing in Tate mode. Um, So it was most likely, I was most likely looking at like compressed graphics, Um, but it looked really good. Um, And so I was just thinking to myself, you know, I was remembering back when we were talking about like Castlevania, we were talking about Dracula, um, the dra- the Castlevania port uh, from Symphony of the Night, and how they did such a Konami did such a terrible job porting that over because it was a- an originally a PlayStation assets that they had to like directly port over. But this game looks to me like they went like whole hog and they like actually did sprite work because the way that it runs on the Saturn, it's uh, it looks really good but i can't i can't speak to if the playstation version is better or not
0: yeah i think uh, i think it's just a little bit easier because it, to me it didn't really have that many uh, graphical resources that need to take up it seemed very straightforward you know pixelated shmup there wasn't any special effects or anything that i at least
3: i noticed oh yeah no it was all, it's all pretty much just there aren't i don't know if there were any transparencies or not there may have been but i didn't uh, i wasn't focused on that but yeah so anyway It's a nice-looking game, and, I mean, it's all in Japanese. You're going to... Some of the dialogue is going to go right over your head, but, you know, basically, you're the bad guys, and you're fighting several different teams of good guys. There's all these, like, superhero team-up duos that you kind of have to take down in every level. But let's be honest here. How many people actually
0: play Shmups for the story? Nobody. (laughs) It's like playing the
3: Mega Man games. You don't play
0: it for the story. You play it to shoot and do awesome
3: you know it gives the game a little bit of extra charm you know the fact that it has it i mean even radiant silver gun has kind of like a story you know it has characters um i always appreciate it when it when they do have it i always feel like it's a little sterile when it's just you know a plain old shooter i I like shooters with some guise of a story you know yeah i i
0: definitely think it's a really good party game as well i don't know if you guys noticed but i thought it was really simple and it really wasn't punishing play. It was kind of really laid back, which Definitely. I like sometimes. Um, Do you like the fact that it's like anime? Well, absolutely, yeah. I love it. My, my actually, actually, the first experience I had was my friend came over with it at a party. He brought this and a, a few other games, and I fell in love with it instantly. I love the, the look of the box art. I love the, the gameplay. I love the, the whole concept and idea and how fun and accessible it was. It was intense and... I definitely recommend it to anybody that really likes Smups to play it because it's really unique as well. I like the whole tank aspect of it, how that even had like a little tank that could work as a vertical shooting them up. And you don't really see land vehicles in that very often in those shooters. Mm-hmm. It's usually a
3: spaceship or flying th- thingy, mabobber But if you get taken out. Um, if you get hit too many times, you revert back to like just the the henchman on a bike, <laughs> and like the only thing you can do is hop. You don't have any kind of like super or anything, and you just have like a basic single shot, and that sucks. But uh, um, I never you, th- I never hit that hit that before. You never hit that because you're not that bad. <laughs> but I, I hit it a couple times, and then when and then it's cool because. Um, when if you just get annihilated basically the sprites like fly up into the into the screen and they kind of like do this like scaling sprite rotation thing so that's cool there's a lot of like sprite scaling and rotation in this game so i always thought that was really cool
0: i gotcha what about you other what about you guys what do you everyone else what do you guys think did you uh get a chance to play this bad boy or have some history with it
4: have the chance to play it. In fact, I think this is the first, other than in the list, that I've actually heard of it.
0: Yeah, it's a really fun game. I, I would definitely recommend it if you're into shmups. It's a a good little good little fun time.
4: What what name can I look up for that? Well, what, give me one of the words in, in the title. Just just type time
0: timebokan Sega Saturn, and it'll come up. And that's for everybody. T I M E B O K A N.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah, so everyone who is listening, make sure you get that spelling. Ah, oh, okay, got it. Yeah, I just punched it in and looked it up.
3: Yeah. But uh what about you, Claire?
1: I did not play this one.
3: I think I think you would like this one. Honestly. Yeah, it was really funny.
1: Yeah, I looked it up. I really liked the concept of, of um, playing as the villains because pretty much in every video game, you know, you're always the good guys. So I like the idea of being on the opposite side of things for once.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's got a very like Hanna-Barbera kind of um, and I guess that makes sense because Tatsunoko is like a, a Japanese cartoon company from the from the same era, you know. Uh, so it does have that kind of like old retro cartoon thing, kind of like uh, you know, what's the what's the one where they're all racing? There's like yeah, all these different speed no it's not speed racer <laughs> it's one where there it's one where there's like all the different wacky wacky races i think oh wa- wacky race oh i love wacky, that show yeah, yeah. yeah. and you wacky know how races. there's like there's always like the the villains that try to like do the yeah. whole like wily e. coyote kind of thing they try yeah, to spoil like everybody else yeah but then they end up like kind of screwing themselves over it's got that same it's got that same kind of charm in this game where the villains are always kind of like
4: you know ruining it for themselves you know but uh you described the uh, the animation style that would explain the ridiculous looking pigs on the back of the jewel case. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> it's this game's just got a bunch of like over the top weird stuff. I mean, so you know, they, they, there's you, there's like this dog robot, this huge dog robot that you have to fight. You know, and. Uh... What else? There's like these little raccoons. I think they're raccoons. Yeah. Uh, and you can just, you know, kill them all. You can kill all these little raccoons, but they're like the uh, in the audience and they're cheering. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's the weirdest tournament arc I've ever encountered. But so if, you know, if you like shooters, but you're looking for something different, this game, you can't get much different than Time Boakon, you know, on, on the Saturn. Yeah, I would definitely give it a shot. Is this an expensive game to pick up? Uh, well, people, are,
4: people are asking around 100 for it. Oh,
3: Yeah! Okay. Wow! It's well, up a, on the Saturn. That's an
4: asking. That's an asking price, though. I don't know. Let me. Let me see. Since I'm in front of my computer, also. I've what's a sold from, listing?
0: Yeah, I see. it Go from 80 to 120. My friend sold one, I think, for
3: 120, mm-hmm. a little while ago. I was kind of annoyed that he sold it, but you know. I mean, that's not that lowest, for a shooter on the Saturn. That's kind of what I would yeah, expect that is, nowadays.
4: That, yeah. In fact, I usually expect more than that. I mean, the lowest sold number i have is 70 and the highest i've currently found is 91 as of me scrolling with my mouse
0: and take oh, okay. note these are just recent uh, prices like the prices are guaranteed to either go up or down in the next whatever years so yeah, the
4: highest one i found so far is 103 that was in may 20th and that had the spine card and the reg card with it
3: cool so yeah it's like a hundred dollar game now worth it go you know definitely worth a burn definitely worth uh checking yeah. out you know what? I, I would like go it. as
0: far as say it's worth a buy. It just has cool. so much potential as a party game and a
3: single-player game. Mm-hmm. I think it would be worth the money if you're, if, you, if you're willing to spend the money, of course. It is a spectacle, for sure. So I can see taking it to a party and just having people be like, what? You know what I mean? It's it's a fun game to watch. Definitely.
0: All right, so uh, let's move on to our next game, which is the beautiful and fun uh, Gunbird uh, and, uh, of course, this is a really interesting game by Psycho. And essentially you can select from, uh, I guess, like six characters. And uh, what's really interesting about it is that it's sort of randomly selected. So there's no really same path twice. So I guess it selects from a couple different paths for the first couple levels and then it will continue on the same path. So you're, you're more than likely not going to get the same game twice, which I think is really interesting. And ballsy for a shmup, especially for one that probably would be one of made as a, a speedrun type game or a score attack game. Yeah. Now, uh, now this, now, uh, I, before I, I want to go into a the crazy localization story for this, but I want to get your guys, uh, guys' view on it first. Uh, what did you guys think of Gunbird? I love it. Oh,
4: I liked it for what it was. I felt uh, because it was from Psyche, of course. Uh, it felt very reminiscent of uh, Striker's 1945. They mm-hmm. even use the they even use the same n- numeric font for your score. So I've, I got a lot of uh, Strikers feels from Gunbird, but I still found it fun for what it was. Psycheo yeah.
3: games all feel very similar. Like they have a definite like character to them. So I think, I even, I
4: think th- even sorry, I think even the screen format was identical.
3: Yeah.
0: So I was curious. Did you guys did you guys feel that it was a cut up or just a regular shoot them up? Because I know I know the the one character Malon, she's like a you know. Typical cutem up witch on a broom, but
3: besides that, I think it's a really just a, another schmuck. It's not, yeah, you I kind of thought, oh, witch on a broom, so it's like cotton, right? But it but cotton is much more cutem up than the... This just strikes you as kind of like a typical psycho shooter. Um, the same, they just tried to do something different, they just tried to go a little bit different with the see. I feel like they that's what they were going for. They they were like, let's take the framework of, of our existing shooters and then let's just kind of like toss a skin on top of it but it's still a psycho shooter and it doesn't they didn't really commit all the way to the cutem up kind of thing so i i feel like you pat like it's not really a full-fledged cutem up but i do i know the saturn version didn't make it to the states so you would have to import it if you wanted to play it on saturn but the cool thing about it i'm not going to talk about what pat is but um just the thing that i notice is just that it has better load times than the playstation version and um it also has a real tate mode and um and also you can save your progress too which is cool so like they there's a lot of better things about it and yet at the same time it sucks that we didn't get it
0: yeah but uh let go into what dave was saying we technically did get it so uh per se. So, uh, in, to- in uh, the year of 2002, it was actually released in the United States on the PlayStation. Localized, and all- well, localized is a really rough word, but, uh, it was r- r- really? localized yeah. by XS Games. I'm actually not sure if they're related to Exceed at all, which are a fantastic publisher, but I don't know if they're related to them at all. But, Did you uh, say XS? XS. So oh, was- X-Ray, hmm. X-Ray, uh, Sam. Sam, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've never heard, about, heard of that. Yeah. X-Ray Sam. So uh, X-Ray Sam Games. So uh, it was released as a game called Mobile Light Force, and it has a cover that looks like Charlie's Angels, per se, except a lot worse. Uh, if you, if you would have saw it in the store, you would have wrote it off as a sort of shovelware game. But in reality, what was sitting behind it was actually a gun bird. I'm looking it up now. I'm looking uh, at I it think- right now. Yeah, the thing about the it was com- completely changed. They got rid of all the cutscenes. Uh, There's no Tate mode. The load times are a bit slower. Uh, and it was all rebranded on Mobile Mobile Light Force, Mobile Light Force, all over it.
3: In the except, world?
0: except on the option menu, it says Gunbird in the lower corner. Uh, so if you go to the option awesome. screen on the PS version, it actually has Gunbird written across the bottom the weird thing though is that it actually wasn't the first Gunbird game to be localized in the United States. The first one was actually Gunbird 2 on the Dreamcast.
3: I would never want to play this game from looking at this cover. Yeah. yeah they, they like...
4: really, I was, I was <laughs> just thinking they really went out of their way to remove any possible anime reference. God forbid something anime related gets released in the States because anime is un-American. It looks, shovel, it looks
3: like shovelware.
4: Yeah. yeah they, and that... they they wanted to make sure that there was nothing anime-related on this release. And this was 2003 in the U.S., so in the U.S. it was it was 2003. Europe got it in 2002.
0: Oh, I thought it was, okay, I got those times wrong, my bad. But yeah, But and,
4: and according just... to this, we got a 2009 re-release on the PlayStation Network.
0: Uh, was it actually Mobile Light Force? I actually didn't look into that.
4: I'm looking at it right now on PS1 Classic. It says Mobile Light Force, completely that is... intact with the bad charlie's angels cover
0: oh come on
4: <laughs> like, wow i oh.
0: mean if it makes you feel any better everybody it was released actually on the switch as oh, yeah. gunbird gunbird so yeah if you want to play Gunbird it's on the switch if you want to play a piece of garbage uh get mobile light force on the ps store <laughs> but yeah like we we're saying before no tate mode no cutscenes, no saving yeah and the thing that it's just that blows lotion. my mind yeah I think this blows my mind completely. Is that Gunbird Two came out before Gunbird One in the United States? It was on the Dreamcast, published by Capcom in 2000. So essentially, they released the Angels release Gunbird Two and Gunbird One. Uh, one of the most insane things is that they actually released a mobile Light Force Two game. And you guys want to guess what game it is? is it just? It the has same? the
1: same cover. It has the same exact Charlie's Angels cover as the first one that was what localized here. What game is
3: here? it? Take a wild guess. This is just the same game, but for PlayStation 2? Nope. No.
0: <laughs> I'm going to blow your minds. The okay, game, yeah. Mobile Light Force 2, is Shikigami no Shiro 1, what? a.k.a. Castle Shikigami. What? So, essentially...
3: Yeah, I not
0: know mobile, that. Essentially, uh Essentially, Mobile Light Force 2 is Shikigami no Shiro 1, and Mobile Light Force 1 is
3: Gunbird. So... so Shikigami no Shiro... Um, so, Nintendo... They're a lot more friendly <laughs> when it comes to because they there was a there was a localization of Shikigami no Shiro on the Wii, if I remember correctly. The GameCube it, actually. Uh, the GameCube, but there was also one on the Wii. Maybe it was three. Oh, that was three. Uh, okay, the... but but my point is, they actually like localize it. Like Nintendo, they're like, let's just call it what it is, you know. Well, that's that was the XS games. They actually
0: released a version of it. The the, the next Sh- Castle Shikigami, they were like, you know what? Let's just drop this and named it Shikiga- uh, Castle Shikigami Two. So same company, but just named it differently. And it came out on the GameCube and the PS2. And uh, weirdly enough, if you want another weird thing, Castle Shikigami no Shiro Two came out on the Dreamcast, but it never the first one ever came out on Dreamcast. It was only mm. on the PS2, so... I guess yeah. PlayStation
3: fans couldn't handle that anime. Yeah, I don't... I, I,
4: I, well, like the people the... localizing sure didn't.
3: Hey, Claire, did you play this game?
1: <laughs> I did not. I'm still kind of blown away by the use of this same cover art, like, the same exact cover art for both of these games that mm. are completely different. Yeah. They just yeah. added, more, more, to the the they just added yeah. more to the second one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I just kept digging. I, I looked on there and was like, it was released in America as what? Because I never heard of it on the PS1. It just blew my mind. And I just kept digging and digging.
3: It's like, And the second one's Castle Shikigami. So tell me, Pat, uh, as a as a shooter, as a vertical shooter on the Saturn, um, can you tell me more about Gunbird um, and whether you think it's a game that folks out there should check out? I absolutely think it's a game they should check out because it's just... Like I said, it's
0: so unique. It's like the, it's like Bokon. It has a really good gimmick. You know, the different levels randomized. Mm-hmm. It has a, it has a really fair credit system where if you lose all your credits, you can continue from the beginning of the level again. So it's not as unforgiving, yeah. and painful. Mm-hmm. And I just think all around, it's a really great game, and it's cheap too. It's only about forty to fifty bucks, I think, for the Saturn. Holy hell!
3: Seriously? So that yeah, that is amazing, you guys. $40 Very affordable, for a Saturn shooter. Not after <laughs> this cast. Don't don't you're giving ourselves too much
0: credit, Dave. Uh, no, but uh, yeah. Before I move on, what do you did you guys get a chance to play that uh, Claire K and uh, Ch- Chaz?
4: We're we're talking Gunbird, right? The original.
0: Yeah. Well, you yeah, just I, yeah. Yeah, you just You just me Sorry.
4: Yeah, I want to copy. Yeah, I played it.
0: I gotcha. Yeah. With that, uh, let's move on to number three, which is. The game that's probably getting us into the most hot water, uh, Steam Hearts. So, um, yeah, this is an interesting game. Uh, Originally, I guess it was released on the PC Engine Mm -hmm. CD as, I guess, Steam Hearts in Japan. Uh, We never got localized for reasons that we'll go into, but uh, I thought it was a really interesting game. Uh, I couldn't really understand much of the story if there was one. So uh, you play, like, there's a lot of, like, vocal cutscenes, a lot of animation, and and through each level there's, like, a cutscene. And I guess I'll spoil it right now. Uh, their cutscenes are basically all nudity. Hentai. Yeah. I guess technically it's a hentai shooter of sorts. On the Saturn, at least, the uh, nipples are edited out. Yes. Which makes no sense. Like, Like, if you played it, like, there's... Literally topless woman, but there's
3: no nipples. It's just, just breasts. Like, yeah, they kind of did the same thing with uh, Enemy Zero, in the shower scene. I guess that's how they they just kind of make make it ambiguous. Like, I mean, but basically, you're like you're battling your way through the stage, right? And then once the boss is defeated, you have to like in you have to have sex with them in order to return. The character to normal, or something. I don't know. It's kind of
0: yeah. Uh, it was kind of hard to understand. I I just thought they were just naked from what I've seen, but I can definitely believe that uh, there was a
3: lot of nudity in this game. Dear Dude. Lord, yeah. <laughs> There's like okay. It's just it's a really bizarre shooter on the Saturn, and uh, yeah, it's definitely a mature title. okay do you know what label this got? Uh, this one
2: I think was red. Um, I actually own this title. Let me go grab
3: it, and I can confirm. <laughs> I mean, there's like foreplay, molestation, BDSM, you know, fetish. <laughs> there's there's some crazy stuff in this game. And I mean, you know, the the shooting element of it is actually pretty good. No, I'm curious. I mean, <laughs> what do you? <laughs> <get that? laughs>
4: this is. Sorry, I had, had to throw in a little humor.
3: Pat, so, what do you think about just like the, the actual shooter elements? It was a lot of fun. I, I liked it a lot, and it had a really a really unique gimmick,
0: especially with the sort of the forever lightsaber, I guess. Yes. That you get. That was mm-hmm. really interesting. I like that. It reminded me a lot of the Radiant Silver gun, uh, except for a permanent stasis. But I, I thought it was really fu- fun. Uh, I definitely would, I guess it's kind of hard to recommend.
3: Mm.
0: Uh, if you live with your parents, I would probably wait until they leave to play it yeah you know it's kind of really hard i think uh claire did you want to sum, sum it all up with uh your point that you made on there
1: <laughs> on the outline yeah <laughs> on the outline i sometimes you know when we're filling this in before the cast we kind of mess around with each other and joke about stuff and my talking point for this game was that y'all are all pervs
0: <laughs> it's about uh, about an accurate statement on that one but uh yeah it what do you think from what you've heard and seen, Claire? At least, especially as an anime fan.
1: It's interesting, that's for sure. Um, I can't say that it's a genre that I really get. Maybe it's because, you know, I'm female, but... Um, oh, no, yeah. it made me <laughs> very uncomfortable
0: playing, watching those cutscenes.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting, for sure. Um, for fans of the genre and fans of shooters, I mean, there you go. But um, as someone who's not super into either... I'm kind of like, what is this, and why does it exist? Because that's, Japan. That's a
3: good question. Why does it exist? Because Japan, Dave. <laughs> because Japan. Let's be straight here. It's Japan. But uh, I have to say, before we move on, I do like the fact that you get like these, you get those jet boosts, you know, to kind of like avoid uh, debris and stuff. So you don't really need speed pickups. That was one of the things that I that I liked about it because it, it, you know, I'm always like waiting for a speed pickup. And I like the fact that they just—I I guess that, that's kind of like cheating or trading wheels, but uh, it's nice that you got that.
0: Yeah, definitely.
3: Uh,
0: I guess uh, my—I my last point before we move on is that if you really want to fully experience this game, uh, I think it—the the better version is going to be the PC engine. Uh, I guess for both—both—both uh, both for the fact of playing it one-handed and just—just uh, oh <laughs> uh, just the Player graphics right. in general. Player
3: was right, Pat. <laughs>
2: The So what's interesting the most uncensored version is the PC-98 version, not even the, the pc sure. engine version. Really?
0: The PC-engine version is also censored?
3: The yeah. PC-98. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah the Obscure PC Japanese computers.
2: Is, yeah. um There is a, a side note um, to this is that um, this was one of the first ones that were, you know, when I started getting um, seriously back into Saturn collecting, like, I don't know eight ten years ago something like that some time ago um this is one of those games that was on my list specifically because it was one of the more mainstream of the um ichi titles you know or hentai-ish titles on the saturn Mm -hmm. and um i actually have like a sub collection of you know just a whole bunch of dating sims or mahjong or what have you uh, games that are all red or yellow labeled, um, specifically for that purpose, because they were red or yellow labeled. It was interesting, mm-hmm. but um, one of our local uh, shoot 'em up experts, uh, Jesse, uh, goes online and said he. Uh, I showed him this game, and this is one of those games where, you know, you're not going to know much about it unless you've picked it up, played it, because you've heard something else about it. Or in the case of the Saturn, you know, it's kind of like a, an infamous you know, aspect, quite frankly, it's not like the Saturn has a high resolution nudity for any of their games, you know, like almost all of them are censored to some degree versus like the PC engine or, you know, PC 98, etc. But, um, you know, he was a shooter fan and one of the best players of shooters that I've ever met and uh, he had not seen the game itself and I took it to one of our club meetings many years ago and popped it in and you know, the same kind of uh, commentary about it it's like you know despite the fact that it's plot line and cutscenes are completely perverted the primary aspect of the gameplay is actually really solid
0: I'm surprised you would pop that in in public somewhere
1: it's a party game. <laughs> It, it, we had, like, a um,
2: a group of uh, us Portlanders who would get together, you know, like, once a month and set up a bunch of systems and, you know, play games, and that was one I happened to bring by, and... You know, now the, when I got it, I want to say I paid like maybe 50 or 60 for it some time ago. And now the price is well over a hundred sometimes. Um...
0: Oh no, it's like, it's going for like 200. I'm saying 230. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Knowing a lot of the audience for the Saturn. So just going to straight up say it. That really doesn't surprise me in the slightest.
2: Well, the, um, what, what's what is interesting is, like, if you aren't going to get it on the Saturn or the, you know, Japanese PC, there is a Windows and Mac OS, like, old school Mac OS version that was put out. It's called Steam Heart's Perfect Collection. Um, so you might be able to find it there, too. But uh, mm-hmm. if you have to have an original, you know, or to hear things that weren't in any of the other versions.
3: I think Claire should play Cho Aniki, and then she'll think this isn't that bad. <laughs> should I even ask? Well, no, that's not a vertical schmuff. so we have to talk about it later. I can't um, wait. Concerned. That's a horizontal. It's a gay schmuff. Oh, it's, that it's pretty one. pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But then, you know, we will be the ones that are really uncomfortable. Speak for yourself, Dave. What is that? <laughs> nice. He's
0: like, I don't even be a part of this anymore. I'm,
3: like, <laughs> I'm not going to speak to that. Okay. <laughs> So net oh next on the chopping block we have yeah, unfortunately Sokyu, Sokyu Gurentai or Terra Diver or yeah I'm not gonna try to say that o- o- Tokyu or I don't know this is a Rising game I love Rising shooters and I love this game you guys played this one I
2: have I own it I don't own um, the Saturn. Version, unfortunately, it's uh, one of those that is on my list and has been for a while. But this is you got the
3: PlayStation of... version.
2: No, this is one of the ones that I I ended up doing a um, a repro of um, because there are two releases for the Saturn, and there's a really interesting technical glitch about what's going on and why a second release was necessary. I guess I should like explain a little bit about that rather than just leaving it hanging. Um, this was on the STV, and um, on the STV hardware, the cartridge, I believe, is the same cartridge for either one, and the hardware would determine whether you got Terra Diver or Sokyo Gorintai. Um When they ported this over to the Saturn, they actually left um, some of the aspects of that code intact. So, those in the who would import games and play them with an action replay or some other form of uh region uh lockout you know defeat uh you know uh, way of defeating region protection um found out something interesting if you pop that into an american saturn that is not region switched um the, the system will display terra diver um some of the Uh, intro and um, some of the dialogue will be in English as far as it's written and the game will corrupt horribly you'll get lots of graphical errors and it becomes unplayable very quickly hmm wait And, and they release this yes yes because no one expected anyone from the US to import the game and find a way around the region lockout
0: oh this is only if they import it
2: if you import it onto you know like so you buy it from japan you know through mail order um you receive it in your hands you put it onto an american system and it is not modified in any way right and you play with an action replay or you have um some other way uh, like a cartridge-based way of defeating the region protection uh it will display terra diver if you get the first release and what had happened was that they just straight ported the code over. They didn't do anything else to it, um, you know, except cut out the, you know, most of the English content. So it's not like it's playable, in you know, long term. Um, mm-hmm. But what was, you know, really particularly interesting about this is that the only way to play the import game properly uh, on an American system, even with, you know, a bypass is if you go into the system and change the jumpers um, to do a physical uh, change to the jumpers, not just um, one in software. So you actually had to have a, a region switch installed. Why this is continuing to be interesting is that um, has a uh, it's a U.S. motherboard with a um, universal BIOS in it. And I'm making that distinction now because most people know it as the region-free mod. It's not region-free. And this is how I discovered it. If your system is set up with one of those universal BIOSes, it will read back any um, region code that's valid to the game, saying you can start up on this system, you're good to go. But it only will work if your... Uh, jumpers on the Saturn are already set to a valid region whether it's American, Japan Europe, Brazil, it doesn't matter it has to be set up as one of those um, regions for it to work properly so what ended up happening is my system was set up for US region with a region free BIOS I dropped the game in and wasn't even using a, an action replay and I got Terra Diver
0: <laughs> wow they actually mm-hmm. found a way to, to like prevent uh, importing, which it, it wasn't even... on purpose. Yeah, it would... I was gonna say yeah. They even they even try yeah, accidentally did that. Wow. Yeah.
2: So they ended up releasing That's the crazy. second version, Sokyo Gurentai, uh, Oto Kyuyo, um, Otokujo, uh, to fix that problem. And it through programming it locks out the Terra Diver, you know, glitchy mode.
0: Interesting. I gotcha. So, did it actually come out in the U.S. as Diver, like the U.S. version of it? On the PlayStation. Oh, I
3: see. And I'm going to be controversial here and say, I think the PlayStation version is better. Um, and I don't... did K did this originate on the STV? Like, actually originate as an STV arcade game?
2: I don't know, but I will find out. Because um, I had to do a lot of about this when one of my customers asked for it specifically mm-hmm. and i, was I have
3: new problems this is one of those games that i've flipped through so, so i i have a vga setup um and my playstation goes and my saturn goes into the same vga monitor and i and i use a vga switcher to kind of switch through all my consoles you know and this is one particularly that i have done like a side-by-side flip mm-hmm and i've played both i've done that with metal slug i've done that with a few just to kind of see what the differences are and i seem to remember that it just runs a little smoother on the playstation um so people are free to disagree and and uh, leave comments and let me know if if there are things that are better about the saturn version i really love both on either platform i just kind of feel like it's it runs a little better on the playstation but uh
2: so I got the timeline it was arcade first and then saturn um in february i think of 97 hmm. and then in december it was the playstation version and they added some additional content wow
3: okay. so it's the only stv game they really messed up yeah that's weird yeah i should have known that the, i didn't real um, you reminded me that it was an stv game that's really cool but the, there's so many great things about this game we didn't really talk about the game itself you know you have there's like three different craft to choose from you, you were talking about stories in a shooter, and because it's Japanese, it's kind of convoluted. Well, it's a convoluted story as it is, but, you know, it has, like, this whole, you know, end of Earth kind of thing. Fossil fuel, you know, limited resources, people killing each other, Mars colonization, that kind of stuff. So there's, like, a story behind this, I guess, you know. It's but, Al Gore's uh... perfect game. <laughs> and, uh, oh, my God, the soundtrack is amazing on this game. It's Hitoshi Sakimoto. It's it's absolutely awesome. You could dump this onto your iPod or onto your phone and just live on this game because it's that damn good. Um, and, I'm gonna you know,
0: put in some clips of it now.
3: I think Claire's a huge Hitoshi Sakimoto fan, right?
1: I am. If you saw my outline notes again,
3: <laughs> hold on a second. On this game?
1: Um, on the we've got three that were scored by him tonight. We have that one, and then oh, two of our upcoming games. Sorry, I
3: haven't scrolled down yet. Yes. Darn it! Oh, I just took good. Claire's. I just took Claire's <laughs> point on another game, but
1: oh, it's all um, good.
3: Hitoshi Sakamoto is absolutely amazing. Um, one of the best game Japanese game composers, or game composers in general out there. Done Final Fantasy games. Done, you know, just some, and he's done some really weird stuff too. But lots of shooters dating all the way back to the Genesis. You know, he did uh, Veritex. Oh, if you listen to Veritex on the Genesis, that thing is so awesome. Um, and I know Pat loves the Genesis sound chip, so you should go check out. Yeah. Veritex. You'd love that soundtrack. But anyway, Hitoshi Sakamoto. So, um, great soundtrack. It has this weird kind of like homing thing where you, you hold down the homing button and then you get kind of like this big grid, like a cone. You know like, um, like Parasite Eve kind of thing where you kind of like hold down the button and you get this like huge kind of like grid that like envelops all your enemies. It's kind of got that thing going on. Um, so yeah, you're able to like hone in on uh, very much in kind of a layer section kind of way. You're, but kind of like you just kind of put up like this huge three-dimensional sphere or cone that kind of like grabs a bunch of enemies, shoots them with lasers or missiles or whatever. Um, but yeah it's it's really really great game excellent graphics
0: nice would you uh recommend this to our viewers
3: i don't know how much it is uh currently priced at but i absolutely recommend like i i think this is a must play if you are a shmup fan you already know about it no doubt um but if you are even remotely interested in shooters this is like right up there honestly in my in my book this is like right up there with like radiant silver gun it's that good
0: just be careful like uh, k was saying with the pressings is there any any distinctive way to tell from like a picture or a
3: image like a art well he or- said the title they they the title is like longer it's otokyo tokyo oh, tokyo gotcha. so get the one with the longer title
2: yeah, I mean, if you, I think it has, um, like, a white border around the original cover art. You know, so if you can imagine, like, the original cover art being full screen and then, you know, taking that, reducing it by, like, 75%, putting it, you know, at the top and in the
3: center and then white bordering it. Oh, is it a Satakure release? No, it's not. Oh, okay. No, it's not. But, it, but it, done it, in the same style kind of thing.
2: Like, it's kind of similar to that, yeah. Mm
3: it's Um, the story we broke your game version
2: pretty much but you know like it it added a couple of things and I remember um, I don't know if this one or both of them had uh, a sample or like a demo of Battle Gorega but it's uh, this is on my list I actually want to own you know originals of both uh, versions um, specifically for the oddness of you know how they uh, interact with US systems I gotcha. So uh, do you guys
0: have any closing points on this game?
3: The only closing point that I would really say is that I I just think that it kind of is underappreciated. There's a lot of really great shooters on the Saturn. What can I say? And a lot of them are higher profile. I mean, maybe that maybe it's it's a little bit people are a little more aware of it now than they used to be. But uh, I just feel like it's one that's kind of underappreciated and it's just got such a great soundtrack it's just, there's just so much going for it. I really think that it's a great game. Everybody should try it. Sweet. All right. So uh, let's uh, move on to our next game.
0: Can you please say the title a lot, Dave? Because I cannot pronounce that and don't even try.
3: Shippu Maho, Daisakusen Kingdom Grand Prix. Claire, can you help me out?
1: Yeah, that was absolutely how I would have said it as well.
3: Okay. Shippu Maho Shippu Ma hole. There's, there's a
1: little an dash oh.
3: over the O, oh, so it has kind of like a ma hole. Like, oh, yeah. Daisakusen. Yeah. Kingdom so, Grand Prix.
0: This one was really interesting, and I, I think we were in the run, we were sort of talking about adding it into the racing cast as the unconventional shooter, but I think we uh we ended up passing on it because we thought it was more schmuck like, right?
1: Right, yeah. yeah with Kingdom yeah. Grand Prix, you kind of have two things going on at the same time. Um, you're not only, you know, evading enemy bullets and trying to keep yourself alive and take them down, but you're also racing against a bunch of other opponents who are doing the same thing in what is essentially, like, a drag race. What I kind of gathered, I mean, of course, I couldn't read this story because it's all in Japanese, but what I gathered from doing a little bit of research online is that the story behind this is that all these different people from this medieval kingdom um, are in the middle of this war. And of course, they're solving their problems by racing, because why not? So the game gives you a chance to pick from all these traditional um, like RPG classes. And all of these different characters have different abilities. Primary focus is um, coming in first in this race. So although you're spending a lot of time taking out enemies, um, you've got to make sure that you're keeping up with the rest of the pack at the same time.
0: And that's where I wanted to come in and say, Dear Lord, did I suck at this game? And I could not get the concept down.
1: Right, me I, too.
0: I tried my hardest. I, I didn't know how to increase my place. I hmm. just ended up picking a I picked one character and I kept getting seven. Seventh. I picked another character and I kept getting like second. So I don't know what I was doing differently or wrong, but I did the same exact thing and I got two different places.
3: Well, it is a rising another rising developed game and they are a little bit more punishing uh the same goes for it's it's not exactly easy like they don't just hand you a victory on a platter you know you really have to work at these games oh i'm fine with that i just need to know how it works because
0: i oh you just i tried collect- collecting the yeah. items i they didn't work i tried killing enemies more it didn't work
3: did you ever figure it out no i didn't <laughs> hmm
1: I didn't either. There's a lot going on because, you know, there are power-ups as well in this one. I kept falling behind. Like, it kept telling me to hurry up. I was always, like, last. Just messing around back there, like, having no idea what I was doing.
3: Yeah. And not, you guys didn't look at any guides or anything like that?
0: One of my big things with shmups is that, that I think it should be easy to play, but difficult to master. Mm-hmm. And this is just difficult to get going, and I think it's going to be even more tough to get to even master.
3: I think the Saturn version includes like a shooting only mode, um, where you can the racing aspect is removed, so you're left to play at your own pace. Yeah, yeah it does it kind of kills the concept of the game though. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. By but, the way, uh, yeah. that title, Shipu Maho Daisakusen, it means hurricane magic armageddon. So make, yeah. make of that what you will. That 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 makes sense, right? Hurricane magic Armageddon. All, I don't know buzzwords for i don't know like
0: i tried my best to like this game but i i just didn't like it i i tried i tried and tried but i love the concept i just couldn't Hmm. figure it out it was a hard learning curve and it makes it really hard to recommend to anybody especially since i think it goes for like a a hundred bucks i think wow
2: i don't think it was that much when i picked mine up (laughs) i guess you could say that about any saturn game these days couldn't you
3: so it's got 12 stages in a branching path configuration. Two stages for each level. Just kind of looking at the overview here.
1: Yeah, and if I understood it correctly, what it was asking me um, after I would complete a stage, it would give you a choice of which stage to choose next. So, yeah, there's
3: only one choice for the yeah. first level, and then there are three yeah. choices for. So yeah, it does give you choices. I don't know. Um, is it? Is there a lot of Japanese in there? Like, is it? Is it pretty much all Japanese? I mean, you can get through without Japanese, but it's really tough. But when it's asking you to do something, is it really, like, language Well, no, barrier? they have, like, hurry up, speed
0: up in English, so it's not, okay. like, it's not that Japanese heavy. Mm-hmm. It's just the game itself is just so hard to play.
1: There's a lot going on, definitely, and I feel like maybe if, maybe if the actual shooting part had been simplified a little bit more, then you could have placed more attention on, like, the racing element, or vice versa, but there's just a lot happening at once so i don't really think that it's too friendly for someone to just pick up especially if you're not super into the shooting genre but it's
3: got uh it's got that soundtrack though it
1: does it's a nice soundtrack yeah go um, uh
0: go rip it and put on your ipod
1: yeah i immediately fired it up and the first thing i noticed was the soundtrack i was like oh is this hitoshi sakimoto and i looked it up and like sure enough um it's it got was. all those,
3: like, trademark arpeggios, you know, that he yes. does. And, like, right. you know, just very intricate, uh, very intricate uh, compositions. But, yeah. He's it's... like the
0: REM of game uh, soundtracks. Loader of arpeggios.
3: Yeah. I guess. is <laughs> <I, that's, laughs> <a, that's... laughs>
0: like, yeah, not at all, Patrick, please Did shut up. Like,
2: try holding down uh, the A button? Yes. Uh when you did did you notice you stopped shooting
1: yes like
2: that's how you get your speed boost
1: i was so confused by that though because i thought like I, i was looking at the controls and i thought that it was like that was your rapid fire i thought holding it down was rapid fire and then it didn't fire at all and i was like why
3: yeah no it's you're you're basically making yourself vulnerable for a little while so that you can get your speed boost Wow. Well, I and feel like also, an idiot. you
1: know, if you fly closer to the top of the screen, that's supposed to boost you as well. But when I did that, I kept getting hit by stuff.
3: Yeah, because you can't see what's coming.
2: Yeah. So risk versus reward it sounds like is the the gameplay style. Like you have to mm-hmm. either focus on shooting, which is going to get you in the lower place, but keep you safer. Or you focus on risking everything and, you know, not being able to shoot in order to get your speed up.
1: And your score is determined on both of those. I mean, the shooting elements and the place that you come in nets you a higher score as well.
2: I'm reading that this was a sequel to um, an an earlier game, uh, Soccer, something or another.
1: Yeah, it was. um, I believe... What was it on? Was it on the... um, Was it on the Super Nintendo? Uh,
2: I have it listed as uh, Arcade, the X68000, and the FM Towns.
1: Oh, that's
3: Sorcerer Striker. Sorcerer Striker. Magic Armageddon. So this is Hurricane Magic Armageddon, and the first game was Magic Armageddon. And that was like a medieval-themed...
1: But am I right in thinking that the racing element was not in the first one? Wasn't that Uh, an addition for the second?
3: Correct. Yeah, the Kingdom Grand Prix. I don't know what I'm what I'm seeing here. I'm not seeing anything to support that it has any racing elements, But it was released on PlayStation Four by M2. Oh, so that's cool. In Japan. <laughs> okay, that doesn't help us unless you got a VPN or Japanese firmware. I don't know.
0: I gotcha. Well, uh, let's um, let's get some final thoughts and wrap this up. I guess I can kind of see it, but it's really not that clear, and I think. It- be really hard to get that learning curve down
1: yeah i I think it's something that's new in concept but not so much in practice
3: yeah i feel like rising games are definitely a little more obtuse than like cave shooters you know cave shooters are pretty much blunt you know to the point but i mean they're brutally punishing um but they're pretty straightforward and i think rising always tries to like rising and even Psycho to a degree tries to like do kind of crazy things or try to be different you know rather than like just sticking to a formula that works it's like every title they're trying to do something a little different it doesn't always work out.
0: Alright so now let's move on to our next game uh, which is of course my favorite one on this list uh, Twinkle Star Sprites so I guess I'll uh, I guess I'll introduce it uh, originally it released on the Neo Geo and in my opinion, I think it's probably one of my favorite games on the Neo Geo. It is a competitive shoot-em-up, uh, similar Puyo Puyo in a way, if you think about it, and sort of a versus mode, where you're clearing the screen of enemies and you're trying to knock the other opponent out by throwing as much crap as you can on their side of the screen and mm-hmm. trying to get rid of all their hearts and knocking them out of the game. That was ADK, right? ADK? Yeah. Yeah, ADK a, did the game. Much, yeah. yeah, they were the developers of it. It got a lot of enhancements on this on the Saturn. Not only did it have the ar- original arcade mode for the Sat for the Neo Geo, but it also had the original mode with uh, I think three more characters. It had uh, it had a, a lot of cinematics, arranged music, and uh, it even had a bonus disc with a bunch of art on it from I guess kids in Japan that submit their art. Uh, it's useless to us as Americans because we can't understand or anybody that doesn't speak Japanese because we can't understand it, but. Uh, it's a really interesting disc to go through and read. Uh, there's not really much of a story that's decipherable from the Japanese version of it. Uh, what I can gather is that I guess it's uh, this one girl going after her evil doppelganger, and apparently one, her mother is in the in this other thing. She's that giant busty nurse-looking girl. So it was a it was a really interesting game. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think it's uh, it's a lot of fun, especially at cons, to bring it there because I, I brought mm-hmm. it there and. Like, that's probably the biggest reception I've gotten from a game is uh, Twinkle Star Sprite.
3: Oh, hell yeah. The the two-player puzzle. And uh, it just lends itself so well to a party game. And, uh, God, this game has, like, been released on so many different platforms. MVS, AES, Neo CD, Saturn, Dreamcast, PlayStation 2, Virtual Console, PlayStation Network, Windows. Yeah, any... and the,
0: coo- the cool thing about it, though, I think is my favorite, is that there's not really a bad version of it.
3: No, yeah, I haven't actually played the Saturn version, but I have the Neo CD version, that's great, and I also have it on Virtual Console on my Wii, so that's cool.
4: Yeah,
3: it's even on Steam. Oh, it's on Steam as well. Yeah, online multiplayer with it too.
4: Cool. The Saturn version is the only one I have played.
1: Yeah, I think all of them kind of offer different features. I know that I personally wish that I would have played the Dreamcast version to talk about for this cast because that one has um english i'm kind of like dave i appreciate the story elements in all games not just shooters but it's a bonus whenever they're in these kind of things i wish that i would have played the dreamcast version and gotten to know the story fleshes it out a little bit more
0: exactly and i'm the same way i played the saturn and the neo geo version and i really didn't get that story i i did really enjoy both of them don't get me wrong but it would have been nice to know what they're saying I think one of my favorite things about the game that I joke around with is that there's actually a character that's illegal. Oh,
3: she's like... as in
0: yeah, like it's like really, really bad. loli. it's a uh, Yan Yan. She's basically just a mummy wrap, and it's very. It makes me very, very uneasy to play that character, even though it's it's a really great character to play as.
3: Yeah, you were saying that. I remember on our new episode, you were talking about how how great she was to play as, and I meant to go back and check that out, but I forgot. Um, I, I I kept being uh oh, this other guy. There's like a who is it? Uh, I don't know the names of these characters, that's the thing. But it's uh what's it look like? Is it the vampire the, looking one? Yeah. Yeah, well there's that and then so Yan Yan's the one with like the little turnip head, right? No, Yan Yan's the mummy wrap. Oh okay. I'm I'm picking I'm picking the uh I'm picking the vampire guy and then the one with vegetable hair, like turnip. You know, I know like you. her hair kind of looks like a like a vegetable or something,
0: yeah, it's very strange character art. i I enjoy them the the one with the cow looking one. I can't remember what her name was she had the brown hair mm-hmm. and of course the main character I really enjoyed all of them they have different uh they both have different attributes. Uh, one of them I like a lot is the cat because he doesn't have any long range but his uh he's really fast and he, he melee a one that was pretty good as well.
1: So something that I thought was cool about this game is that you can take quite a few hits before you're um, knocked out. I mean, a lot of these other games that we've played for this cast are one-hit kills. I mean, if you you take damage, then you're done. But with this, um, I thought it was pretty cool that um, you can take significant damage, and it's more about your opponent finding that combination to knock you out. Like, you don't take collision damage. Well, you do to an extent, but... You can't be totally taken out by that. I, I liked that. I thought it was pretty unique.
0: Yeah, and it, it gets to a point where there's so much stuff coming at you. If they get the uh, that little that little bonus that little bonus ability, if you shoot the uh, I think it's like a glowing orb or some sort, it just mm-hmm. like makes everything really intense and like just stuff coming at you left and right. And it gets so slow sometimes, like a little slideshow trying to play it. Mm-hmm. But it's I get so competitive with my friends.
3: It's not even funny. Did you pick up the limited release uh, soundtrack for this? I think Pony Canyon did. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. They there was a limited release soundtrack. Let's see here, 1997, February 97. Uh, uh yeah, 1997. I'm sure, you could probably download it. I'm sure it's like super expensive right now. I thought it was. I thought it, I was reading. 2017 no it was 1997 so it would be hard to track down by this point but
0: yeah I was kind of 10
3: at the time yeah you were kind of like not even aware the game existed but uh I didn't even know Sega Saturn existed or neo Geo uh you know what I probably
0: played it I don't I never had any conscious memory of it though hm I just like I said I just play games at the arcade closing out I, I would recommend play picking it up uh did you guys have any uh, any other last thoughts on it?
4: I did. I wanted to know if this game was uh, the main influence for the Toho project or the two not related.
0: Uh, Toho was, uh, I think, a couple of years before that. Oh, it was that released looks, on okay. the PC-98, I believe, was one of the first releases. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Toho is, I guess for you guys that don't know, it's a huge shooter. And it's actually its own genre, per se.
3: Mm-hmm. It's not like bullet hell, though, right?
4: Technically, it, it is. It's it weird, is. though. Yeah, like, Toho. I would, I would, I would argue is bullet hell, but um, your hitboxes are a lot are smaller than than you look, mm-hmm. and there's a lot more empty spaces uh, between all the bullets. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not. I mean, they're not huge spaces, but they're easy for me, at least. They're easier to, to find with your eyes. So not there like
3: a huge, huge like user community. Like, yeah, there that is. creates Toho games.
4: Yeah, there's yeah. You know, there's a guy that has a dedicated Toho setup that he goes to PortCon and Anime Boston up here. He brings like some twenty odd PCs, links them all together, and throws the game up on a projector so people can see it as they walk by. Hmm. So I'm
0: guessing is the main. Ga- I heard that the main game th- play of that the main controller is a keyboard and mouse, or just a keyboard.
4: You can Vers- use a USB controller.
0: Yeah, but I heard. But uh, like, I just found it interesting that it, the main the main go to is a. Keyboard and not a fight stick.
4: Uh, yeah, you could use the keyboard if you so desire. That is that is also an option.
0: But is that the main? Uh, is that the main controller that they use? They recommend?
4: Personally, I don't know off the top of my head. I just used uh, a controller myself, a USB controller. Although I know many purists uh, would prefer a joystick. Uh, for me, the D-pad is what works best for me. I don't know what uh what the what the main fans say. Whether to use a keyboard or, or a joystick or or a, a USB pad. I gotcha. All
0: right, so uh, let's move on to our next game, which I think is probably the most famous shmup in this list, which is Radiant Silver Gun, or as Thomas called it, Radiant Silver Gun.
1: This is our most famous game, um, developed by Treasure, and it's kind of befitting because this game is a treasure in my eyes. Um, every once in a while, we see a game release that kind of defies the genre that it's in. And for me, Radiant Silver Gun is one of them. And what I mean by that is, it's such a work of art that it appeals to people who maybe aren't super fans of the actual gameplay, but just the presentation is so out of this world that, you know, all kinds of people can appreciate it, not just um, like the hardcore masters of the genre. And I think this is totally the case with a game like Radiant Silver Gun. Like I said, beautiful presentation. Um, We have cutscenes. It's a story-driven game. Cutscenes by um, Gonzo, which is the studio that worked on Lunar. Mm -hmm. So you have scenes in between, um, gameplay segments, Um, really cool use of 3D and 2D, kind of a juxtaposition between the two of them. You're scrolling across these 3D backdrops. Um, Absolutely incredible use of the STV and Saturn hardware. Um, my personal favorite part of this game is the score by Hitoshi Sakimoto and um, Masaharu Iwata. It sounds like something straight out of Evil East for any Final Fantasy fans that might be listening to this. Oh, yeah. um, it's it's totally in the same style as Final Fantasy Tactics and Vagrant Story on the PS1, kind of with those. Um, and Final Fantasy twelve. Of- yeah, yeah, but I'm thinking even more um, along the lines of the PS1 with the instrumentation that was used back in that era.
3: Sure, so, yeah.
1: So, yeah, you know, I would say that um, this is a must-play for people, even if you're not a fan of shooters. Um, if you're a fan of the Saturn and what it can do, or you're a fan of good music, like, I think it's a definite pickup. But I'll let you guys get more into the actual mechanics of the game if you want to talk about that.
0: Yeah, so uh, essentially, you, it's one of the, one of the most interesting shooter, shooters as it has so many different weapons and combinations of those weapons. I mean, you have the you have a just a regular straight two dual weapon shooter. You have a sword of sorts that can uh, collect attacks and charge up and hit people with it. You have these uh, you have the backwards uh, and forwards uh, regular attack. You got the you got homing you got homing attacks. There's so many different attacks. I think there's about six in total, right? And it's uh, and you it's get them very, all up front. Yeah, all up front. There's no upgrades. It's you get and you just go. And and you have uh, to
3: learn how to use them to your advantage in the right situation.
0: Exactly, and uh, it does have a bit of a learning curve, and to try and to try to figure out what one to use at the same at that that situation being real you probably could use one weapon and beat it if
3: you really wanted to that would be tough, tough i don't know but i'm sure maybe somebody's done it but man that's the the frantic thing about this game is just how you have to switch back and forth between the weapons constantly and you have to know when you know so but when there's so many weapons and you know different buttons to activate them being able to remember you know which button corresponds to what weapon and not you know flip over to the wrong weapon you because then that can totally ruin it for you and that's what happens to me you know i absolutely love this game but uh i'm always finding that i forget you know or or i'll just press the wrong button you know and i'm like god damn it i meant to switch over to a certain uh to a certain weapon and then i switched to the wrong one you know Yeah. yeah this
1: game certainly is not easy um during its development cycle, one of the biggest hang-ups for um, the studio treasure was um, the difficulty. <laughs> they produced this game and they got to the end of it and they were playtesting and realizing that they couldn't get through it. So they had to make some adjustments there to make it playable but I still think that the learning curve is huge. Like I, for one, am not at all good at Radiant Silvergun. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and that's sort of something I want to get into, which I normally get a lot of hate for, but I really didn't like Radiant Silvergun as much as it's hyped up to be. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a fine shooter, but it's it just violates my, what I think is a really good shooter. You know, easy to learn and difficult to master. And I just think the weapons make it really needlessly complex when it could just be very simple, straightforward. And they actually remedied this with Ikaruga, which is their a spiritual successor to it on the Dreamcast. And I think that game is really well done, as it has a very easy-to-learn gimmick, mm-hmm. and it's just one one attack, and it's very well done, very fun to play, and it just saddens me that I, can't, I couldn't like Radiant Silver Gun as
3: much as everyone else has. I do think that Ikaruga is a refinement of Radiant Silver Gun. Um, I agree with you on that, Pat. I do think that in the mid-2000s, when a lot of Americans got their hands on this game and it started to be worshipped, that it kind of got rocketed up to like godlike status. And just the mere fact that there's so much hype surrounding it and there's so much pray- praise heaped upon it, 10 years later, mid, you know 2015, it, it's almost like the tables have flipped and it's become popular to hate the game now. Or to like say, oh, it's not as good as people say it is. Well, I never, I never, I never really noticed that. No, and I'm not saying you're saying that. I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you that Ikaruga is like a refinement. But I will say it, it's still a damn good game. You know, like it, like people praised it for a reason. It, I mean, Treasure made really, really good games, and they made really hard games. To be honest with you, that was something y- you could never say Treasure made easy games. You know, so. Um, I think I think they just liked making like really brutal g- games, but that had a lot of you know that had a lot of style and substance, and that you know just the the entire production was just you know an A plus effort. You know, I think I think yeah, it's one might- of those games though that you have to spend a lot of time with, and you're really gonna get your money's worth out of this game.
0: Kind of bummed about it that it didn't have a tate mode.
3: That is a bummer.
0: And it's weird. Like it wasn't on any of the versions I've played it, and I'm not sure if it even
3: exists. It doesn't. So, yeah, okay. and the the STV version does, right? I mean, it is TATE. No, in it's the. Not. S- oh, it's not.
2: No, this game was always developed. Was never. Yeah, it, it was never uh, meant for TATE.
3: Oh, okay. Well, then you're at least viewing it in the standard resolution, the way that it was meant to be
4: in the arcade.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really interesting, and I I like that.
4: Okay, so I might make an enemy out of Claire uh, when I put this in words together. Sorry, Claire. Just a head, just a fair heads up. What happened with uh, with Silver Gun for me was prior to playing it, I had first played Guardian Heroes, Gunstar Heroes, and then Cinnamon Punishment Star Successor on the Wii, <clears throat> and all of those games uh, shared a similar uh, similar play style that I really appreciated: uh, fast paced, uh, fast paced scrolling. Uh, lots of action bullets, things going on at the same time, Uh, things that that I really uh, enjoyed all across the board between those three games. And Radiant Silvergun was going to be my fourth game that Treasure had made. So I said to myself, man, I can only imagine how much fun I'm going to have playing this game. It's going to have rocking fast music. It's going to be blazing fast. It's going to have a killer point combo system. I'm going to be listening to the soundtrack in my car. It gets in my mail. I play it and it was nothing that i asked for or nothing that i hoped for per se what i ended up with now this now this for those who don't like it this may, they may share this criticism with me what what ended up happening for me was rather than playing what i hoped would be you know a fast paced uh, bumping soundtrack bullet hell shooter what i felt like i was playing more was a puzzle game with a final fantasy tactic soundtrack rather than having power-ups and having all seven weapons available to you which is fine um the trouble i had with that was trying to figure out what weapons to use appropriately and when which is what made it more of a puzzle game having to think on the fly saying okay this weapon doesn't work so maybe if i try this one, oh oh wait look i'm dead so but while having, so of course it's a matter of practice makes perfect you know having to think on the fly and trying to remember what weapon you have to use and when and for some folks I can Im- I can imagine actually why that would work for them but for me it just it did not work out that way probably because when I'm playing a, a bullet hell shooter I'm not really thinking about um, what to do next within the next few seconds I'm only in that moment I mean I'm in the millisecond if not even the nail second of of playing a shooter the only thing I can think about is okay I got to move to the left to the right up or down I can keep firing or I can stop firing. This is a target, this is not a target. So the puzzle element uh, of Radiant Silvergun just did not work for me uh, the way it did for a lot of people. And while the combo system is still there, which other people also like, I didn't uh, didn't really pick up the hang of it either in the sense that if I want to keep a combo going, I have to kill the same enemy of the same color. Which made me raise the question: Well, what happens if that same color stops showing up? Do, do I just lose the combo? I just have to drop it? And that was pretty much uh, uh, true in my book, at, at least as far as my experience goes and, and skill level with the game. And I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Claire is not going to be happy when I say this, but listening to the soundtrack was uh, it was it, it was very disappointing for me All, on the grounds that I'm I'm so accustomed and uh, favorable to Again, soundtracks like Battle Garrega, Thunder Force, Einhander, uh, I'm sure there are other games, other shooter games that have, you know, fast-paced adrenaline soundtracks, but instead I get, instead I get a Final Fantasy Tactics soundtrack, and I'm like, what, what? what is this? This music doesn't work. Of course, that's a matter of opinion, but that's pretty much what happened with me. I expected one game, I got something else, and I bought an original Saturn copy prior to having even played it at all, so okay so uh <laughs> battle grega the shooter that made me fall in love with bullet hell shooters everyone everyone has their own fandom as far as uh the one game that really uh, clicks with them or the one where they're just sold on from start to finish battle grega i don't know exactly what happened when i played it but when i did something just clicked everything from the scoring system to the scaling. I mean, the in-game scaling from the, also, the soundtrack. Oh my god, that bass bumping soundtrack. Yeah, Manabu, 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 Na, Manabu Namiki. yeah. I learned his name because of that music. I'm like, wow, now th- now these are boss themes. <laughs> I've always been a fan of, uh, of high energetic adrenaline music, like what you hear in Garega or Thunder Force or Einhander. I'm sure you've all played those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those are my my cup of tea when it comes to when it comes to soundtracks. And Battle Greiga just struck it home for me as far as the, as far as the music goes. Loved that music, and particularly uh, what also sold me on Gariga, uh, uh which is something you might not expect, but it was the sound effects. And the sound effects of the game were uh, I found uh, as as fitting as they were. They jumped, they really jumped out of me. As far as when you when you when you blow up a boss, or when you or when you die. Or when think, or when things just go haywire, when things just blow up, just everything about it, the presentation just just sold me. Power up, power, that's the power up, let the server up.
0: Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm gonna be honest about this game. I really, I really wasn't feeling it. I, I'm not saying this trying to be hipster, Patrick, but it's really, I couldn't get into it. It just felt. I mean, the music and stuff was good and all, and the sound effects, but. It kind of played like any other schmuck, but, you know, just kind of bland military shooter. Just moving I, can back
4: I can see why you'd feel that way. Yeah,
0: yeah I mean, I, I didn't like it initially. I played it, and I, I kind of see a bit with the soundtrack, but it
4: just I just couldn't feel the hype, and I really wanted to. I don't like to be left out of things. It's just like I felt the same way about Radiant Silvergun. The same thing happened to me, which is what happened to you with Battle Gorilla. So maybe a different game, but I feel the pain there. Because I wanted to like that game too, but it didn't happen.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I mean, it's a fine shmup and it definitely works. It just, there's really nothing I found that was really special about it. I don't know if maybe what, you guys felt the same. What about, what do you guys well, think? Well, well I know, do you want me to keep going or do you want someone else to speak? I, I I want to hear anybody that wants to justify it.
3: Well, I mean, it was a Tolepon. Wasn't there, was it Tolepon in the arcade and then like Rising developed it for the, or were they the ones... I
4: think rising it's a rising game.
3: game. Is it Rising As far as I know it's
4: okay. yeah, as far as I know it's only Rise but Electronic yeah. Arts EA published it when it was released in Japan on the Saturn. Oh I'm
3: yeah. sorry, the the arcade cabinet was like Toklan cabinet. Yeah, but anyway, so, so it was a rising game. You know, like I said, they kinda like to do things a little different with each release and I don't know, I I can definitely understand when you're looking at this compared to say like Radiant Silver Gun, the, the color palette the, the ship designs and everything, you might just chalk this up to being like another, you know, military shooter, but it's got kind of like a sliding scale. It's got kind of like a adjustable difficulty based on your player actions, right, Chaz?
4: Absolutely, yep. It's it's a love or hate system with, with shooter fans.
3: I mean, as far as a manic shooter goes, it's just, it's doing a lot of, I feel like it kind of set the bar for... Manic Shooters. I feel like a lot of people rear this game just for how how solidly designed that it is. I don't know. I feel like I feel like obviously Radiant Silvergun gets a lot more love in general. Well, I mean,
0: I mean, I I kind of disagree. I've seen like an equal amount of love. It's right up there with it. Like I'm in a bunch of shmup groups, and it's like, oh, Battle BattleGorega, Battle Greigo, Radiant Silvergun, and karuga and it's like those three are really big. But I I've heard nothing but good about battle greg and i just couldn't really figure out why
3: gotcha
4: yeah that's why i was having a hard time finding the words for what i love about it so much for me it was an emotional connection but the connection for me wasn't just wow this is fun to play like i i gained an emotional attachment to it one that was not by my choice it just click, clicked it just happened
3: god i wish that were me but you didn't like pat you didn't really click with radiant silver gun or battle grega yeah, uh, you for t- Uyukan, but like, and you love. So, what's your favorite shooter on the Saturn? Uh, tw- Twinkle Stars. Twinkle stars. Mm, mm-hmm. star. That's hard. Twinkle
0: Star Sprite, or I would have to say Batsu Gun.
4: Okay, those are, ba- those are terrific shooters.
3: Yeah, yeah Batsu Gun is amazing. Did we yeah. want to go
4: with? The, did we want to talk about the adjustable difficulty? Did we want to go into that more? Please. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, what happens is uh, when you first start the game up. There's a minimal difficulty, and then there's a maximum difficulty. You can also adjust the difficulty in the options menu from very easy to very hard. But when you first start the game up, it starts at the bottom. And as you progress, the difficulty scale goes up a little bit, a little bit, and a little bit. And that all depends on what you do or don't do while you're playing. From shots that you make, from power-ups to how long you haven't to how long you have lost a life yet. So each time you kill yourself, the difficulty drops down again. But slowly but surely, as you're playing, the difficulty creeps back up and up and up again. That's also why when you kill yourself it's a kamikaze attack. You can wipe out bullets and smaller enemies when you do that. And you can even damage the boss that way. Which yeah. is what makes it uh, a a lover hate system. You can you can you can pull the difficulty down if you know what you're doing, but as you're playing again it starts creeping back up and up and up. it's like a tug of war match.
0: Interesting. I never realized that before.
4: That's what that's what Garega does, which is why some people love it and some people just hate it. And I can understand. In fact, when I first finished the game, I loved and hated it. I loved it for how fun it was, but then I hated it for how the difficulty was messing with me.
0: Yeah, so uh, it's it's definitely really, really an interesting concept. But all in all, would you guys really recommend this? I, I mean, I'd recommend it, but I wouldn't really expect much out of it.
3: It's really expensive, though, right? Yeah, it's oh, like two hundred plus. It's, yeah, yeah, it's stupid
2: $2 expensive. $2. If you get it on the Saturn, it, it's really expensive. It's currently $32 on Xbox One.
3: Oh, okay. And that's the M2 version, right? Okay, so do I think people should play it? Yes. And for 30 bucks, I mean, if you're a big shooter fan, it's probably one. That or, I mean, you know, we endorse... Burning copies and checking things out. Yeah,
4: I'm fine with that too. And,
3: and I think you know, I think as a shooting, as a shooter fan, you're looking to pick up shooters on the Saturn. You should check it out and and decide for yourself. It could be very much like a Chaz thing where you just it, it just clicks. But please, God,
0: don't buy it just because you hear about it. It's yeah. one of those games where you you gotta play it to know mm-hmm. before you
4: buy it. I actually made that mistake with Radiant Silver Gun. I bought it. I bought an original Saturn copy before having played it.
3: Ooh, wow!
4: Gosh. Really? Yep, uh, I bought it before having played it.
3: Okay, cool. Well, I mean, <laughs> you did. You i'm you had a. I'm sure you turned it over for a profit, right?
4: No, I still have it.
3: Oh, you still held on to it. Okay, well then, consider it an investment. I'm sure it's <laughs> worth more now than it was when you bought. It.
4: Yeah, I think I paid like 150 for it.
3: Oh yeah. Jeez. Yeah.
0: So. All right. So. What is uh, fine, but no reg Yeah, I'm in the middle about that you both you both uh, recommend it Oh I love it to death
3: I, I recommend it death. as a play uh, I think I think yeah. folks should uh, yeah, yeah, try it
4: Yeah play it first burn it get get a cheap copy first don't really invest in it unless you know for sure that you're going to love it It's called one of the greats but try it first before you before you drop the money on a Saturn copy if you really want it
3: And again I mean it's it's no Dodonpachi you know it's no it's no standard like I mean I love Cave shooters, don't get me wrong, but the, and they're can almost considered kind of like the de facto standard for like what a shooter should be. So it's like Rising is always kind of doing weird stuff, you know? That's just their thing. It's like a
2: thinking man's shooter.
3: It is, you know? So it that's that some people hate that, you know? So it really is just something you kind of have to check it out.
4: It does have a bomb system. If if things get too hectic and you can't lose a life yet, there is a bomb system.
2: I think though like, and, and I, I should you know rephrase that as like the thinking person's uh, shooter. But I, I think one of the things I've noticed with Rising Games, and I, let's get out on the table. I I am terrible at shooters in general. The concepts that were coming in were a lot more psychological. You know, like you had to not only maintain you know your eyes on everything that's on the screen, you know how many lives you had, uh, but you also had to start thinking like. Did I do too many shots? Do I have too many lives? Have I lived too long? You know, can I get away? So, the, the idea of having more than just your pick up and play, shoot a couple of planes, and then you know, be done with it—five minutes of gameplay—doesn't really exist with these. If you actually want to get
4: good,
3: mm-hmm. agree. Yeah,
4: and if 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 you have the three, uh, I'm sorry, if you have the Xbox One version, you can actually they they actually will show you the difficulty scale. So you can see where it is all the time, when it goes up, when it goes down. If you play an original Saturn copy or if you play the arcade version, it's a hidden stat. The the best way to measure what the difficulty may be is the bullet count.
2: All right, so um, that takes care of our main topics, but let's get the elephant in the room out of the way real quick. Um, We've mentioned games like Batsugan and Dodonpachi and other shooters, cave shooters that didn't get mentioned. Um, There are... A ton of them. We're going to get, you know, a lot of people commenting, like, why didn't we talk about this one? And why didn't we talk about that one? And here's what happened. Uh, And we're going to give you a little bit of an insight about one of our casts, right? As a group, we decided to talk about which ones we found interesting. And uh, we all put in votes. We I had, like, an allotment of votes. And out of all the vertical shooters that we had listed, including Batsu Gun and such... These are the ones that got the most votes in our group that we wanted to talk about first. We do have ideas and plans about continuing on in this series and and talking more about vertical shmups. If your favorite wasn't mentioned so far, I'm sure it will.
1: Yeah, so we talked about eight games tonight. It's kind of a lot to digest. So I want to ask all of you guys, if you had to pick one of these to strongly recommend to someone, um, one that you would definitely want people to play over others, what would it be for each of you?
2: hmm that's great we still uh, looking for your uh, engagement and uh you know your feedback at contact at segasaturnshiro.com hmm
0: that one's a toughie because there's a lot of good ones on the list i guess if i had to pick one it would be twinkle star sprite just because i think it has a great single player mode and the competitiveness of the multiplayer will keep you going at it with your buddies and hopefully you're not punching them but you know things get <laughs> rowdy
4: when you game yeah, that's definitely a solid contender.
1: So are you going with that one too, Chaz?
4: Well, I think we—I think everybody knows what I'm picking. It's Garega.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. For me, it would be Radiant Silvergun. Um, again, not really big into shooters, but that one and Einhander, which you had mentioned, Chaz, really stole my heart. So I'd choose that one.
4: Kenichiro Fukui, rock on. Hey, that's an account that was never released on Saturn. No, yeah, it is a PlayStation shooter, but it's still a darn good one. I can't disagree.
1: What about you, Kay? Uh, this one's tough
2: um, for me because I'm terrible at all of them. And uh, I would say, out of the list um, that we t- actually talked about, uh, there's one that's super interesting. There, you know, from a technical standpoint, there's one that's super interesting from my collection standpoint. Um, and there are two that I think are gorgeous, you know. So I've got four I could pick from. Um, I, I think both uh, Battle Garega and Radiant Silver are, you know, pinnacles of uh, you know, the Saturn's prowess at, you know, being able to display sprites and, you know, giving great uh, imagery. You know, they, they look fantastic. Um, if I were to pick one over the other, I would probably go with Radiant. Uh, myself. I I enjoy that game so much, I actually bought it on the 360 as well. Um, but I'm not good at it. I don't think I've ever made it past like the second level.
1: <laughs> oh, I haven't either. Uh, and I, I don't mean to put up false pretenses in that regard, but I think it's something that is worth experiencing in one way or another, be it through watching someone else play the game, who's a little bit more competent. That's actually what I did. Or, you know, just popping that soundtrack into your CD player. Um, I think the same can be said for a lot of these games. If you're not really into the actual gameplay, there might be other aspects that you can enjoy.
4: Game-wise, I got burned on it, so lesson learned. End of story.
2: Wow, that's, that's pretty brutal.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a it was a brutal experience on my end. But you, you know, life is full of lessons—some good, some bad. That one was uh, that one was pretty tough on my end. If I had played it first, having to, rather than just straight up buying it, it wouldn't have burned so bad. But I wasn't smart about it. So that was my hard-learned lesson.
0: All right. Well, uh, I guess that's about that about wraps up, guys. So I guess uh, from everyone here, uh, goodbye, and you must play Sega Saturn.